Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And our first story is Entertainment News. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already laughing at this. Uh, <laughs> the headline reads Plain White T's song, Hey There Delilah, is being turned into a TV series. <laughs> have to read it, I guess. The Grammy and Tony-nominated <laughs> band is teaming up with uh, Lively McCabe Entertainment, which I've never heard of, um, and Primary <laughs> Wave, which I've also never heard of, <laughs> to develop a scripted romantic uh, dramedy based on its single about a long-distance relationship. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> producers of the show, including the band's frontman and songwriter, Tom Higginson, as well as writer Jeremy Desmond, will be in L.A. pitching this, the potential series, which they describe as a contemporary folk uh, fairy tale that expands the story within the song. They're going to pitch it to multiple networks and studios this month. And this is my favorite part of the article. Is, do you, have you ever seen somebody, like, describe us what a song is about? Because <laughs> it's weird. To, I'm just going to read, mean, I'm just gonna read their of, description. It's hard to do, for sure. The song, released in 2006, tells the tale of a long-distance flirtation between a struggling singer-songwriter and a New York City University (laughs) student. The songwriter pledges to write a song for the young woman on the night they meet, and that promise changes their lives in unexpected ways. (laughs) I feel like this is ruining that song. Exactly! (laughs) Right? Like... It's not my favorite song, but it's. No, but I think it's, it's like, a. It's pretty catchy. It's fun. It was catchy, and when it was <laughs> when like, it became big, like I definitely liked it. But that was a while ago now, and yeah, it's a. I consider it a good song, but I don't know that I'd be like, oh, I want to see a television series about I these people. Like, I don't need I don't, to know more about these. Yeah, characters. I don't. I don't have any desire to know more about the like, two people involved uh, in the story. I mean, also, it's funny to me that they want to do a television show. It's not even like a film. Like, right. I almost could like more. A, a film would be just like a, a couple film. hours at most. And yeah. that's like, like it's okay, just fine. a film about this, and they use that as inspiration for a film. Okay, but fine. But an entire TV series? How are they going to get enough content for a whole television series? I don't know, but uh, this is a quote from uh, Lively McCabe Entertainment's co president, Michael Barra. Hey There, Delilah is a perfect example of an iconic story song that has introduced characters and a premise to a massive multi-generational audience and is begging to be expanded into a full-length story (laughs) for contemporary television audiences. It's begging, begging Alex. It's begging to be expanded. Anthony, I am begging for you to make this work. (laughs) I just... I'm yearning like, for this to be a show. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm genuinely curious what this would end up being like. Maybe it'll be uh, good. Maybe. W- like, what, okay, so they said it's like a dr- dramedy? Is that yeah, what like a said? romantic drama. So like a rom-com, pretty much, but in, te- in like, television Like kind of something kind of like New Girl, like something like that? I guess. I'm trying to think of a show. But they, like, like all we know about the girl into. in this song, I think, is that she's like in New York City and her name's Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're right. There's literally nothing. I'm trying to think of the lyrics of the song now. Like, how much does it really? Oh, and apparently she looks pretty tonight. Like, like that's tonight. You look so pretty. Okay. I also like this this last thing in the story. The band was also nominated for a Tony this year for the song BFF as part of the score for SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Band. Oh my god. Apparently. <laughs> it's just such uh, a weird. That's just so bizarre. This whole article is just so strange. And to I me. just like how they're like, the article is about how they're like planning to pitch this idea. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, not even, even like, it's not even like picked up no by anyone or anything. Up, yeah. Like, <laughs> how is that a news article? Like, also, also, Holly, <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter was very proud to claim this as an exclusive story. Oh, so. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm on the edge of my seat here to see what happens with this. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm legitimately wow. interested to see where this goes but i just i just can't imagine it being good no i can't either i mean again there's a chance it could be i mean maybe it's just something that we're, we don't understand what they're aiming for yeah. the way that that was described i don't have high confidence. right no no <laughs> the fact that they they think there's enough in that song to even do something is yeah crazy to me a little bit yeah Anyway. Anyway. Entertainment news. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> okay, my first news story is technology news. And this is from, from TechCrunch. Autonomous drones could herd birds away from airports. <laughs> so firstly, a bird strike is a collision between an airborne animal, usually a bird or bat, and a man-made vehicle, usually an aircraft. It's called a bird strike. It's like an official term. Yeah, I've actually heard that before. Oh, okay. I hadn't. <laughs> yeah. um, so dangerous bird strikes on planes are pretty rare, um, but they happen often enough that it makes sense for airports to take precautions against this. Um, and I found a source that says that there are over 13,000 bird strikes in the U.S. every year, hmm. but just most of them aren't like really dangerous. Like they don't cause any actual malfunctions of the aircraft or something, but every once in a while it does. Yeah. It probably doesn't do such great things for the bird. And, and it usually kills the birds too, which is bad. Right. Um, so right now airports may use manually piloted drones, which are expensive and limited by the number of qualified pilots for those mm-hmm. to try to like keep birds away from certain areas. Um, so someone named Sunju Chung at Caltech, became interested in this field after seeing a near disaster in 2009 when U.S. Airways Flight 1549 nearly crashed due to a bird strike but was guided to comparatively safe landing in the Hudson. So he started looking into ways to protect airspace from birds using autonomy and robotics. A drone seemed like an obvious solution, but predicting and reliably influencing the behavior of a flock is difficult. According to Chung, you have to be very careful in how you position your drone Um, Because if it's too far away, it won't move the flock. And if it gets too close, you risk scattering the flock and making it completely uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. Like the birds will just panic and go everywhere. Right. So they don't want that. Um, So Chung's team studied models of how groups of animals move and affect one another and arrived at their own model that described how birds move in response to threats. From this can be derived the flight path a drone should follow that will cause the birds to swing aside in the desired direction but not panic and scatter. So it's like a very specific like what? borderline of like not too far away and not too close to just yeah. cause the whole flock to stay together as one group and just like veer off. Um, so, so far this has been tested in several spaces with instructions to deter birds from entering a, a given protected area. And it seems to be working so far, like in the few times that they've tried it. 
Um, however, more experimentation is necessary to get the system to a state that is um, reliable and works with various sizes of flocks, bird air speeds, and other variables. So wow. what they want to do is eventually just have a system like this set up at pretty much every airport or you know, certain spaces that have a lot of aircraft traffic and just yeah. keep birds from running into the aircraft. That makes so. makes total sense. Two things. One, I love the term bird herding. It's <laughs> just really fun to say, bird herding. And two, I really want to see this in action. I want to be like sitting on a plane and just see like a drone go by and like a bunch of birds just go, well. That'd be sweet. Yeah, so the only thing that they have in the article in terms of like visuals for this mm-hmm. is just like a like a, uh, how do I describe this? Like a diagram type thing, but, oh, okay. it's, but it's a video. Like it sh- it's showing like, uh, like a, yeah, where okay. the drone will be flying and how the birds like interact mm-hmm. with it or how they move right. in response to it. Or how they want them to. Or how they, yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of, I think it's just a simulated thing. But it sounds like they had some su- successful tests though. So that's, yeah. that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, so um, they just published a paper on this recently. So they're going to keep doing this research and that's that neat. might I, be Yeah, a, I guess the, I wonder if like, all species of birds are predictable enough that you can do something like this or if like some won't some won't react yeah. in the same way i right i'm not sure that's interesting too like maybe different species react in different ways they yeah. probably do like that's probably one of the variables that they have to figure out like right i just wonder if they're like aggressive ones that will go after the drone or <laughs> <laughs> well, how many species of birds do you think they have to deal with for this issue 3 i have I- <laughs> Because well, I'm just wondering, no like, this is, like, really, I guess around an airport it would be a lot. But, like, if yeah. you're th- looking at, like, different heights, there's probably not, I mean, ber- certain birds fly at different, at certain right. heights, right? Probably. So, like. I'm not a bird I actually scientist. have no idea. <laughs> I'm saying this, but I actually have no idea if that's true. <laughs> sure, why not? For whatever reason, I thought, like, some birds can get to some heights, like, different heights than other birds. There's three types of birds, and they fly at three different heights. That's, yep, that's, that's all you it. Need, that's all, all you need to bir- know. all you need to know about birds. We're not bird scientists. Ornithologists, I think, is the actual. Okay, I'm glad you know the actual <laughs> term. <laughs> but I, bird scientists is way more fun. Before I said something made up. Bird herding scientists. Bird herding. Bird herding. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was technology news. My next story is health news. I'm laughing at this one, too, and it's going to sound really bad when I read the title. (laughs) There's just some really choice language in this article. Okay. The headline is, recent test found asbestos in some crayons. And I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Why are you laughing at that? (laughs) Just give me a second. Okay. Um, It won't be funny right away. Parents buying school supplies for uh, for grade schoolers should be avoiding Play School brand crayons. That's uh, P-L-A-Y-S-K-O-O-L. Maybe not the best lesson to teach your children with the crayons is how to misspell school. But um, this brand is sold at Dollar Tree, and uh, they were found to have trace amounts of asbestos in them. And um, there's a quote here from Kara Cook-Schultz, the toxics director at the U.S. Public Interest Research Group, which conducts Hmm. annual tests of toys and school supplies. And she said, Hmm. the good news is that when we were testing three years ago, all sorts of brands came back with asbestos. (laughs) Now it's just this one. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's the good news? What, Kara? What? What? (laughs) First of all, wait a minute. Let's, let's, Let's back up for a second. What? 
three years ago, all sorts of brands coming back with asbestos. Um, I've never heard of that. Right. Why wasn't that a huge news story? Maybe it wasn't. I just didn't hear about it because I wasn't a grade schooler three years ago. I don't know. But that seems like a big deal. So, so they go on to elaborate on this. Uh, in the tests that were run in 2015, many major brands of crayons contain trace amounts of asbestos fibers, which, for those who don't know, is a substance that can cause breathing difficulties and cancer if it's inhaled. Um, although the Consumer Product Safety Commission acknowledged that it was unclear whether the asbestos trapped in crayon wax posed an actual danger, it was noted that kids sometimes eat crayons and recommended that parents mm-hmm. avoid those products just as a precaution because, you know, you can't really trust a kid not to pop it in their mouth. Right. Um, but yeah, so tests run this year um, on green in particular, for some reason, green play school crayons. Uh, this this group, the uh, public interest research group, found uh, tremolite fibers, which is a type of asbestos. Um, so Dollar Tree them says, themselves said that all of their children's products are independently tested and meet all legal and safety standards. So they're claiming that they didn't see anything like this. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess it's probably something to be careful about. And also, I've never heard of Play School brand crayons before now, so... Yeah, I have no idea. Um, so it's only in the green crayons? I guess. That's what it, That's what the article oh, made it sound like. Yeah. Um, and they, again, just some weird wording. On the bright side, the vast majority of products tested by the USPIRG this year were found to be devoid of toxic chemicals. So. <laughs> <laughs> good, good job, manufacturers, uh, not poisoning our children. What? That is so funny. You're totally right about the wording of this. Right? Like, why is like, it like they're that? They're like, so nonchalant about, like, like, a few years ago, yeah, oh, these oh, crayons yeah. were full of us. Well, not full, but, like, like... Oh, we found tons of results of asbestos just a few years ago, and now it's almost all gone. But now so. it's, all, it's almost all gone. Just almost. three years ago, many crayons we're, had asbestos. In now it. we're down to what? one color. <laughs> now it's just green. Oh, yeah, the majority of kids' toys don't test positive for toxic chemicals, so we're pretty good. The majority of them? Wait, not all. Why, why is this a non? It's why is this even need to be said? It's 2018. Why? Why, why aren't 100 percent yes. of children's toys <laughs> why not free of these? Why is that even a statement these? that's being made in a news article? Wow. The good news is, oh my, like, <laughs> like there's so many other ways they could have said that. Exactly. That wasn't like, that way. Like worryingly, three years ago we found a yeah, bunch of yeah, asbestos worry, in children's toys. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, say, we're down to one. Like, yeah, or like the good news is that that these findings have been decreasing over time, dramatically yeah, decreasing exactly. over time, or like something like that. There like, are a the billion other ways right, you could have phrased this that weren't that weren't the wrong. good news is three years ago we found asbestos. <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but in all seriousness, I guess uh, don't get your children those that brand of crayons uh, just to be safe. I. Yeah. But uh, crayons from. But the good news is, from Dollar Tree. the other crayons should all should all be okay. All right. Hopefully. Or just keep the green ones away. Just <laughs> if you, if you no like they'll green. live on the edge. <laughs> they want to draw trees. They gotta color them a different color. It's gonna be it's gonna be autumn. <laughs> it's gonna be fall. It's gonna yeah. be autumn all the time. <laughs> but that was uh, that was a health news. All right. My next story is food news. This is from CBS News. Ferrero, the company that makes Nutella and other goodies like Ferrero Rocher chocolates, has posted an ad for 60 non-professionals to taste test their products. What? Yep. 
uh, because they are looking for regular consumers, no experience is needed to be a, quote, sensory judge, as the company's <laughs> ad describes the gig. <laughs> That's so, such an overcomplication. I'm, gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm now going to read you the details of this position. Yes. We can talk about whether or not we're willing to apply to this. I mean, it sounds theory. like we're qualified already. So We're qualified, but there's some, okay. there's some requirements. Okay. So first, you must be able to use a computer. Awesome. Check. Check. You must have no food allergies. Yeah, check. I'm good. Me too. Check. You must be willing to move to Ferrero's headquarters in Alba, Italy. <laughs> I mean... On one hand, I don't want to move, but on the other, Italy sounds nice. I know. That would be so nice. Hmm. Okay. We'll put that as a maybe. As a maybe? Okay. Yeah. Um, You must pass a three-month course starting this September. What? (laughs) To hone your sense of smell and taste and learn terminology to describe flavors. Okay. So you don't have to be qualified, but they're going to make you qualified. They're going to make you pass a course that proves that you're able to describe what you're tasting. Uh, see, that's another maybe for me because like, I don't like but, school, but they'll pay for but, it, but I would be learning how to eat things <laughs> yeah. and appreciate it more. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, my question was, can I just go to Italy for a few months and just take the just course take for the fun course? and yeah. then just come back? That's what I want to do. Take a few month course on becoming a chocolate expert. I'd be down. Doesn't that sound fun? Yeah. This chocolate sweet. has a, uh, an oaky bouquet, uh, and kind of a, uh, a plasticky very, aftertaste. Very so. robust. Robust, uh, yes. Yeah. Mmm. <laughs> Let me swirl this chocolate around in this glass. I wonder if mmm is part of the vocabulary <laughs> of the teacher. That's probably one of the no words. <laughs> I have no idea what this class is like, but I bet it'd be interesting. Um, okay, so the final point is that if you do all of this and you pass a course, you will be offered a long-term part-time contract oh. starting at only two hours per week. What? So this probably can't be your only job. Yeah. That's all the details. So they want you to move to Italy for a two-hour-a-week part-time job? Yes. <laughs> that probably won't support you living so in Italy? Probably only local people are going to end up doing yeah. this, which is really unfortunate because... It sounds pretty great. It sounds awesome. Oh. You could taste test like Nutella and new hazelnut oh, butters or something. I have yeah. no idea what they're working on. Not great for nut allergies, though, so no. I guess that's why that's a requirement. Yeah. Oh, yeah, isn't that fun? That sounds so if fun. you're listening to this and you would be willing to do all that stuff, uh, there's a link to yeah. uh, how to apply. They're just looking for regular people. Hey, to I do know this. we have a couple Italian listeners. so Yeah, that's true. We <laughs> so do have make, a couple of Italian listeners. So, so make it happen. So uh, if you're interested, yeah, <laughs> job, job posting from your friends in Ignite News. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we do that often enough. No, we don't, yeah, we don't, so we don't present our listeners with an opportunity for a new job. <laughs> we, we have that as a segment on our show, like local jobs. Today we're, talking about, today we're talking about local jobs in Miami, Florida. <laughs> this company is looking for this. <laughs> That'd be so ridiculous. I can only imagine Miami would be like a margarita taste tester or something. Or like, or like working a s- on a cruise ship. Yeah, probably. Or like yeah. beach person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you do? You're from Florida? Like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a Miami beach person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional sand person. <laughs> 
I don't know. Okay, we should probably we should probably go back to anyway, the, yeah. the show. Back to the show. Back to the show. That was my food news. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last story I brought for you is another technology news. Um, so this is from Engadget, and it's about Ford, who are introducing exoskeletons for their factory workers. I think I saw something about this. Have you heard about this? Yes, but I didn't read... I, I think I, I saw the headline, but I didn't read anything about it, so I don't know. Yes, so while a lot of uh, vehicle building now is, is handled by, like, giant robots, humans are still an important part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing the same thing over and over can lead to injuries, and for workers who are reaching upwards all day, the motion can be really hard on their shoulders. So mm-hmm. um, Ford is going to start offering these exoskeleton vests to workers in 15 assembly plants around the world. So um, there's pictures in the article, which we'll attach, but basically it's like a vest that has these attachments that go onto your arm. Okay. And uh, the, they're designed for people who reach overhead multiple times a day. It doesn't have a motor or a battery pack. It's fully mechanical, and it offers like passive arm support for 5 to 15 pounds of like lifting. Hmm. Um, so as they reach up, the vest like offers additional assistance just like by like how it's constructed. Wow. And so the higher they reach, the more support it adds. So like basically you reach up and it's like you've got something under your arms almost just like Whoa. supporting them. Um, so cool. So they've been testing these vests in two plants in the Dearborn, Michigan area for the past 16 months. And those tests have been really successful. So now they're expanding it out to 15 um, facilities, which hmm. they say they'll probably only actually have about 75 of these vests because it's specifically for people doing like this kind of like lifting, mm-hmm. repetitive lifting work. Um, but they're looking long term to expand to um, different kinds of exoskeletons that uh, augment different parts of like the human body, which I thought oh. that's, that was really cool. They didn't get into details about that, unfortunately, okay. but like it just, yeah, it, that is, I just thought that was such a neat idea. Did it say if like how it's powered or is it just all, it's not, it's like, like it's mechanical. all mechanical. Oh, like, sweet. It, yeah. So it doesn't actually require any power or anything. And it looked from the pictures, it didn't look like it was that bulky either. It was really just. Oh, yeah. Because like, like, I wonder if it's like heavy. Yeah. To it on it or... looked like it was pretty, pretty simple and straightforward. Wow. Um, that is so awesome. Right. Like, so between yeah. that and like the automatic bird herding you were talking about earlier, <laughs> which still a great phrase. Um, like it re- some stuff really feels like we're moving into the future with some of this technology. Like exoskeletons. Yeah. Like, come on. That's very futuristic. That's so futuristic. Sci-fi <laughs> video game. Like. Or, like, the Aliens movies or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, having, like, a power suit for, like, lifting things and, like, doing... Yeah, I mean, no. it makes sense. Oh, complete sense. So, and, like, the repetitive motion injury is, like, yeah, a well-known thing. Right. So it's, it's so cool that's that awesome they're, for they're people able to do something about that, it. That job, you know, that's, like... That's probably, like, life-changing, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. Wow. That would be so cool to, like, be on the design team for something like that. Right. Ugh. That's biomechanical stuff, right? Yeah. You should know all about it. I like biomechanical stuff. Yeah. But I don't know all about it, unfortunately. I just like it. (laughs) I know a little bit about it. More than me. Uh, So that was uh, technology news. Nice. Okay, my last story is a health news. Okay, once again, I'm bringing news of contaminated foods. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, everyone. Do we just but need this to make like this a regular week, segment at this like, point? It's like, a regular, like, what's contaminated this week? <laughs> this week on Nick Back News, what's contaminated? Da, 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 da. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. But, like, this keeps happening. McDonald's salads were tainted with cyclospora. What? What is that? I think that they... Okay, so before I sorry. get into this... Yeah, okay, so before I get into the story... They have identified where it was coming from, and they, like, switched out all of their salads. So I think at this point, it's safe to get salads from there now because they've identified it already. But If you're going to McDonald's for a salad. Right. Which... Which who does that? I, but apparently I, a lot of people. Apparently. Because um, at least 395 people... Oh. ...have become sick from eating salads from McDonald's, which contained vegetables contaminated with the cyclospora parasite. This is a parasite that is usually found in fecal matter and can oh. contaminate food supplies sometimes. But huh. it's one of those, you know, on the list of things yeah. <laughs> that can do that. <laughs> um, so according to the CDC, 16 individuals have been hospitalized um, and 15 states have confirmed cases. Oh, wow. And it's primarily in the Midwest. Ohio Uh-oh. is one of the states. I figured, yeah. Of course. We usually are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so people actually started getting sick at some point last month. Um, and they figured out it was the salads and McDonald's voluntarily stopped selling salads at impacted restaurants. And then they switched salad suppliers. Right. Um, and at the end of July, an FDA analysis confirmed that the supplier fresh express was the source of the problem. Um, the analysis found cyclospora in a sample from an unused package of salad mix with romaine lettuce and carrots in it. Mm. So it's either romaine lettuce or carrots that was causing it. Um, man, a lot of bad press for romaine lettuce lately. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) So the uh, quote is fresh express committed to using recall procedures to inform those companies that received this romaine about the sample result. The FDA said, um, they reported that carrots used in the mix were only sent to McDonald's locations. And fresh express also said in a statement on its website that none of the packages were for retail sale to consumers and that the company continues to work with food safety experts and federal and state government officials on their investigations. So you don't have to worry about like those individual bags of Fresh okay. Express salad. That's good. It, this is only like the ones that were sent to as like supply like supplier shipments uh-huh. to like other like restaurants, restaurants and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, not like the individual bags. Um, however, I will note that at the time of this record recording, they still don't know how the contamination happened. Like they haven't figured out Uh-oh. what happened with it. So yeah. it's a little bit like, uh, I'm just going to stay away from salad until they like know everything. And I had a can... salad last night. <laughs> Was it from McDonald's? No, you're probably fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I keep hearing these things about salads. I'm just like, I'm just not going to eat salad anymore. It I'm was, stop eating salad. it was Caesar though. And that's traditionally romaine, isn't it? Did we have this conversation before? Possibly. And we didn't know the answer to this. It's I still don't know possible. the answer to this. It's probably Romaine. It's probably Romaine. But again, yeah. if it was not from McDonald's, I probably was it Fresh it. Express? I, was it one of those like bags I, you buy at the grocery store I, that's like a bagged it salad? Was, it was at a restaurant, so I do, oh. not, I do not know where they got it. Yeah, you're probably fine. So like I said, like they found the source of it like right. at the end of July, and so by, I think they've like notified people uh, and okay. switched stuff so, out. So if yeah. you just had something now, it's probably fine. Probably fine. Um, okay. But it's, this is still news now, I guess, because they're still working on figuring out why it happened. Like, they don't know. There's still, like, some unknown of, like, what is the actual source of, like, ca- that, what caused this. Right. So until they find that, it's, like, an ongoing huh. thing, pretty much. Okay. So. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, it's Cyclospora. <laughs> Cyclospora. <laughs> 
This episode not brought to you by McDonald's. <laughs> or Fresh Express, for or that fresh, Or Fresh Express. Or Dollar General. Or do- Wait, no, <laughs> Dollar Tree? Well, dollar- either of them. <laughs> <laughs> they probably both sell those crayons. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, the good news is that all parties involved like were very cooperative and like took the necessary measures to... to what is the word I'm looking for? Quell? Quench this? Not quench. As, not quench. <laughs> Squelch? <Quell this? laughs> what is the right Crush? Word? To crush this. Obliterate? As soon as they could. So. Yeah. Well, that's That good. was good. And yeah, and it's still ongoing, but. Cool. You can check the CDC website if you want to know more details. <laughs> and if you want to see if your state is in one of those affected. If you're in the Midwest, it probably is on the list. Yeah. And if it's Ohio, it definitely is. Yes. All right. That was my, uh, my health news. But you know what that means. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where we look up news stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to our listeners on the fly. Are you ready? Yes. Ready, set, Go. go. Okay. Story that I found. Bear barges into woman's bedroom, knocks over dresser. <laughs> Bears. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, actually. It has been or a while. At least, at well, least at one least, episode. Yeah, at least <laughs> it's been at least one week where we didn't have a bear story. Well, then there was the story about the mountain, the mountain lion. lion. Yeah. So it's, you, there's of, at least some kind of giant furry animal breaking into somebody's home. Yeah. <laughs> at least every week on Nick Knack News. That's our guarantee <laughs> to you. Uh, <laughs> it's another new segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so a Connecticut woman said she was in bed when a black bear burst into her room and knocked over her dresser. <laughs> she called uh, 911 on Monday morning of this week to report a 400-pound black bear had forced its way into her room through a screen door and oh. barged into her bedroom where it knocked over a dresser. Um, wow. She said she held, st- held still until the bear left. So okay. she was fine. Um, the, bear, the bear was still in the kitchen when police got there but fled the house a few moments later. They tried to track it, but it hadn't been tagged, so they weren't able to find it. Um, Police and the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection said that incident was the fourth case of a bear entering a home during the past week. (gasps) So I guess I guess in Connecticut alone. So why does this keep happening? I don't know. They well, actually, they say this will continue to happen (laughs) as as we we have no means to control the bear population in Connecticut. So. I don't wow. know why they're breaking into homes, but I guess there's just a lot of That's bears. That's scary. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine being woken up by that? That is so terrifying. Like, like I'm so I'm I'm scared of my like house ever being broken into in any case. But if it's by a bear, oh man. Yeah. Like I I honestly that scares me more than like a person breaking into my house. Yeah. Yeah. Like a person, you might be able to be like ah to talk to them, like or reason yeah. with them, but you yeah. can't reason with a bear. No. Probably. No, you, you can't. No, you can't. I don't think. I don't think they understand. No. English. Um, yeah, that's terrifying. Okay, yeah. <laughs> four in one week. Four wow. in one week in like Connecticut. It sounds like. Yeah, so that's crazy. That's that is that's it's Connecticut, the new Florida. Hmm. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing also will not, ever also be not true. the new Florida. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, we'll have to keep a lookout for more of those then. Yeah, and for bears. And for bears in general. Right. All right, well, the story I found is Strange Rogue Planet Travels Through Space Alone. Aw. Did you see this? I, I, I actually did. I did see this. 
I thought you probably saw it. Yeah, but Space News. The, right, because you <laughs> love Space News. But, I do. Um, a strange 200 million year old object with the mass of a planet has been discovered 20 light years from Earth outside our, stol- our solar system. Hmm. The, quote, rogue, as it's referred to by researchers, is producing an unexplained glowing aura and travels through space alone without a parent star. Hmm. It's so lonely. I don't know why I'm, like, yeah, well, personalizing it like that. Yeah. It's shining so brightly, but for no one to see. <laughs> yeah. The object named Simp J0136566369330 Okay, so not, not a great name. <laughs> remembering that name i forgot it already <laughs> um has 12.7 times the mass of the gas giant jupiter the largest planet in our solar system it also has a strong magnetic field that is more than 200 times stronger than jupiter's hmm. and the temperature on its surface is more than 1500 degrees fahrenheit wow um so basically the rest of the article is just saying how this is the first time that we've ever detected something like this hmm. um like a planet-sized object that seems to be a planet just floating without some type of, like, rotation around something. Huh. Um, and they say the object is right at the boundary between a planet and a brown dwarf or a failed star um, and is giving us some surprises that can potentially help us understand magnetic processes on both stars and planets, said Melody Cow, study author and Hubble postdoctoral fellow at Arizona State University. Huh. That's cool. Um, yeah. So then it just goes into more like science about brown dwarfs and um, these types of objects and stuff. So wow, that's a big thing to just be hurtling through space. Yes. <laughs> Little different than just like an asteroid. Like right. No, this is a giant, like, very hot what object. It? It's like 12 times the size of Jupiter or something. What did I say? And Jupiter's Jupiter's kind of big. Um, yeah, it's 12.7 times... Well, okay, it's 12.7 times the mass of Jupiter. Oh, see, that's where they get you. That's where they... You know, yeah. Mass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily mean size, but... Right. It could be the same size, but just really dense, maybe, because... Right. I don't know how they figure that out, though, from this far away. Sci- but, like, Jupiter's science, a gas giant, so maybe it's, like, less dense. I have no idea what I I'm talking no about. no idea. Don't add us Neil deGrasse Tyson. Or, or absolutely do, because we're, we're curious. Oh, if you know the answer to this, yeah. Please, feel free to weigh in us. there, because um, since this is a breaking news, I didn't have time to really thoroughly <laughs> understand everything this article says, but we'll post it, and you can read through it. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's so. really cool. If it's kind of like an unprecedented, giant, hot object flying through space yeah. with no apparent anchor. Right, <laughs> right. Hmm. It's bizarre. Maybe it'll fly into sun, well, the like, sun's orbit and it'll become it's a It's funny new because, <laughs> because if you think about it, why is that bizarre? That shouldn't be that bizarre. I mean, right. why can't there I mean, just be a planet floating? But it's just we've never everywhere. seen that. Yeah, you know? We just, we haven't, just haven't seen it, it yet. Yeah. They could just just be... all the planets we know are all rotating around a bigger gravitational field. Yeah. Right? For all we know, like all that space in between stars, there's just like giant stuff just like just flying around. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. That's why space is so cool. Yeah. Space Space. is really cool. Space. All right. That was my story. And that's our show. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be posted in the episode description. If you don't already, you should subscribe to follow us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and 
Stitcher, and any other service you really want to. Um, you can also follow us on social media at, on Twitter at, at News and on Facebook at facebook.com slash News. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Also, unpopular opinion, Frisbee's not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> true.